Okay, hey, 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 what's up, people? How are you guys doing? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Cruise with D-Ray. And it's still your boy D-Ray, you know, do my thing. How's everyone doing? I know it's been a it's been a long time. Not like a long time, but like a while. Just yeah, a while, a while. How's everyone doing? Hope you guys are good. Good. Well, welcome to today's episode. Today I want to talk about I want to talk about a book. A book. Um, I was going through my my um my drive a couple of days ago and I was I saw a book I read before and I was like, Oh yeah, it'd be nice to share this with you guys and I was like, Yeah, let me talk about it today. Um this book I've actually read it twice. I read it one last year and I read it the first time when I was in GSS three yeah you know when all those them gss3 when you write your work and everything and you have like two three months holiday you know holiday after work now just to chill and everything so yeah i had this period in my in my life then when i was had everything i just wanted to play that sort of thing but you know how parents are my mom got me this book apparently to keep me busy yeah so I was not much of a reader, but after I said I read this book, I think it changed the way I, I saw books basically. So the name of this book is called The Joys of Motherhood. It's, uh, it's by uh, Buchi Emicheta. Buchi Emicheta. I think I said that right. I'm not sure, but yeah, Buchi Emicheta. <laughs> oh yeah, it's kind of like it's, the book is. I already like I said was already like years ago, years ago. So um since i read this book i think it just changed my perspective of african literature and since then i've been on a roll i've been on a roll uh, let me talk to you about a little bit about Pucci. um Pucci, yeah she's a woman because <laughs> i use the watch yeah uh yeah she's a woman um she's not really popular popular she's written a couple of other books i think i read one of her books but no i didn't finish it because i wasn't really into it i think i read it half i think it was something like the night girl or night trade or something like that yeah but i didn't really finish i felt it was no nah, i didn't i just because i didn't I, I wasn't feeling and then and i left it basically so what butchie basically our books are always about writing style is always about about girls about oppression like she brings light and she beams the light to how the society views things people that are praised about slavery about motherhood all sorts of things like well, female independence, freedom, that sort of thing. And yeah, she wrote this book, um, The Judge of Motherhood, as far back as 1979. Yeah, I had to look that up. Yeah, I know it was pretty old because I even I figured like maybe my mom had read it before for her to like get me because she was very ins- she was insisting I read it. Probably she had read it before, but I, I didn't bother to ask her to. But I have a feeling she probably she read it though. Yeah, um, I also looked again. I looked up and um, I found that Bucci died um, like three years back. And yeah, it was quite sad. But the thing is, the thing is, I feel like even after her death or without death, I feel like our legacy, our legacy still goes on with the books she has written. And you know, because really it stands the test of time. Yeah. So. Um, let's cut the story short about Bucci. Let's go on to the book. 
Uh, the joys of motherhood. I know the joys of mother. When I first heard the title, I was like, mm, mm, I didn't really think about it. Then I was, I looked at joys like joys is can joy like be plural because it says joys. So yeah, it was a bit confusing with the title, but right. Let's go into the book. Um, it's a very lengthy book. It's about three hundred pages, and yeah, it's a lot of lot of details about the book but basically i won't be going too deep into it i'll just be um scratching the surface to let you know what the book is about and the major points about the book is so um this book the setting is originally in a village in a village setting and there's this man called Yungokocha Agbaji. he's a chief and was very rich and handsome yeah so like normal chief he has many wives he's very rich yeah so um there's also he finds okay he finds this girl attractive i won't say she's a woman here because she's still a girl her name is honor uh honor honor means like a, a priceless jewel that's the name he gave her he gave her honor the priceless jewel because she was really attractive and beautiful but she was still a girl and she was the daughter of another chief and he agbadi chief agbadi and this other chief were very good friends and everything also chief agbadi likes to joke around like oh why do you like it was like since you take her everywhere why don't you wear around your neck like an honor because honor like to follow her dad everywhere and i think the dad also like liked it because he liked to show off his daughter and everything so you like agbadi just usually jokes around and because she was very beautiful and you know was was she was stunning so yeah and little did Agbadi know that he was one of the men that was going to ask her for a hand in marriage when she grew up surprising yeah chief Agbadi hmm. so um now they've years years after um okay during like a raining season they all go out for hunting and everything so chief Agbadi goes hunting this very day with his group of friends and they go um elephant hunting so unfortunately, um, he gets attacked by a wild boar, and the boar pierces him, and yeah, he kills the boar as he attacks him basically. And people were his friends were oh, he's losing a lot of blood. He might die. He might not survive this because he was bleeding profusely, and yeah, people thought he would die because the injury was, was was too bad. Yeah. Um, fortunately for him, they rushed him to the village quickly and tried to stop the bleeding and yeah he survived so he was on bed rest for several weeks and yeah he was on bed rest for several weeks so um the day he opened up his eyes he found honor beside him surprising yeah because he, he would honor but honor was not the type of girl so it's not like the ordinary type of girl basically she had this strong personality in which that she belonged to the school of thought that was against patriarchy like she didn't want to be stifled she didn't want to be shut up she wanted to be heard she wanted to be she wanted the standard to be for everyone so she didn't agree with the school of thought of this patriarchy system that's why she didn't really want to be with chief agbadi chief agbadi had several wives and he was seen as a god so you know anything he says is final and she didn't really like that because if she was going to be with him she wanted to be her she wanted to be she wanted to voice her, her, her thought and everything so but yeah 
Chief Agbadi still would and you know they were all going back and forth, back and forth. So surprisingly he saw her on his mat on his on his on his mat when he woke up. So yeah, obviously she cared about him but she didn't want to I think she was looking for a compromise. I must say, yeah. Joan he tries to woo her and you know, sweet talk and like marry me, do this, like yeah, I'll provide for you, but you know, she's very strong headed. Uh, one thing leads to another, and they sleep together. Wow, Chief Agbadi got lines. I must say, uh, well, um, yeah, they sleep together. Yeah, and the eldest wife of Chief Agbadi comes in, and she sees both of them. And yeah, surprising. It must be a shock to see your husband sleeping with. Did I say mistress? Because he had not married her yet. So yeah, and she leaves, and days later, the eldest wife falls sick. And she dies. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but that is freaky because I don't know. Maybe it was trauma that caused the elders to like seeing my husband with another lady. But you know, he married other wives, so really, I don't see that as freaky, freaky. Or I don't know. <laughs> well, she dies. So now there's there's a big um a burial ceremony for the wife and everything. So in the custom of the village, he says that oh, okay, the 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 wealthy I wouldn't say wealthy but I was like the the chiefs and the people like if you had slaves and everything your your slaves must die and you must get buried which your belongings your earthly belongings basically and yeah so the wife dies and there's this slave uh, a chief slave okay it's not a chief slave basically but a slave yeah a slave has to die with her and this slave she's freaking out she doesn't want to die and she begs and begs like please i don't want to die i still want to leave i still have a whole lot of life to leave that sort of thing I, and yeah i don't blame her now who wants to die who wants to die nobody wants to die and yeah people are getting aggravated like yo was it was uh wasn't you treated rightly and stuff like that like yeah like because the thing about the slave is that anything the the owner has like the slave also had like if you eat good the slave eats that sort of thing so people were like yo and you're you're all to die like that was the that was the contract sort of thing you know and now the eldest son is angry is visibly angry and because she's delaying the whole ceremony and everything because she has to do that willingly and yeah i don't blame her um so now the son takes a cutlass and strikes the and strikes the slave on the head and now the slave falls into the grave. But she doesn't die yet. Another guy takes the scuttlers and yeah, they silence her eventually and they bury her. Yeah, they bury her, you know. It's sad. So yeah, she's silent forever and she's buried. So now, Honor becomes pregnant. Honor becomes pregnant for Chief Agbaji. And she delivers a baby girl. A baby girl is called Unwego. Unwego. That's a, it means like 20 bags of calories. 20 bags of calories. So now the interesting thing is now the baby is born, Unuego is born, and she has a mark on her head resembling the strike that was given to the slave lady when she fell into the grave. Uh, that is a whole lot of creepy shit, but like, yeah, I know, right? Like, how? That is a whole lot of spiritual ish. Like, so that is, was, was scary. Like, the child being born because i know okay i didn't really go into the, de- the details because when the eldest son struck 
the slave woman, the slave woman. She was saying she was speaking in a sort of different language. Maybe it was some sort of incantation, basically. And so now she people think that oh, the slave lady is back. She returns as on as um honest child. That's Unuego. So now um Unuego, like I said, she's born and she has this mark on her head. And yeah, so Ona is pregnant for a second time, and now she dies in premature labor with her son. Yeah, that's sad. Um, so years years go by. You know, Ego is now a woman. She's as beautiful as her mother, and you know, she's adored. And you know, when when you are adored and beautiful, like men start flocking all over you. And yeah, that's the thing. So you know. So as men come around from all over, from far and near, to ask for a hand in marriage, you know she decides to marry Amatokun. That's her first husband. Amatokun. That's her first husband. Yeah. So after a month of marriage, she can't. She can't give birth. She can't give birth. And you know the whole thing with um, with in-laws. You know the whole thing with in-laws. You know the whole thing with in-laws. Like if you can't, if you can't um give birth like within few months they start to pressure you and she she got a lot of pressure from her mother-in-law and she couldn't do anything basically and now the mother-in-law is fed up and the husband too is also fed up and now they bring a wife from the village okay they are seeing the village basically yeah they, they get another wife for him to remarry and in a couple of months is also pregnant so yeah she gives birth to a baby boy and you know the whole scenario now the first and the second wife start to clash like a bitter rivalry like and um Unuego is fed up she can't handle and you know all sort of bitterness thrown at hand it's crazy so she eventually leaves she leaves because obviously she can't handle everything and now she goes and goes to harbor list and she goes for a consult and ask her why she can't give birth. And the consul, the the herbalist, the herbalist says that oh, your your chi, uh, the chi means like um your guardian, your your angel of guardian, that sort of thing. They say your chi is the slave woman, and she doesn't want you to have babies, that sort of thing. So yeah, it was it was crazy. Now like, how would was a whole lot of information to process basically finding out that oh you have a mark when you were growing up with a slave woman and now the slave woman doesn't want you to have kids so it was a whole lot of things so yeah now she goes back to her father's house after the marriage her first marriage didn't work out so now um she's her father and um uh, family comes to ask for a hand in marriage. So now the thing is, this family that comes to ask for a hand in marriage, the the man is in Lagos, in the city, and she can't see the she can't see the man. She doesn't know anything about the man, but obviously she wants to get married again, and it's no it's not gonna be a bad idea to change like the scene, a scenery, like leave the village, go and get married with this man and you know see what life has to offer than to be brooding in the village everybody all up in your business that sort of thing so yeah she goes she goes to um lagos and yeah she meets this man she meets this man her husband's name is 
knifey knifey yeah so now looking when she got to um when she got to lagos she doesn't really like him very much she doesn't even like his appearance even the way Bucci describes him the way Bucci describes knife is she described him as a, a short stumpy man wide-eyed um big belly that sort of thing like she painted him like very low so yeah it wouldn't i think looking at knife it would be like it's not like an eye saw that would be like extreme but like it was not very good to look at basically and yeah so knife it was a it was a laundryman or a washerman for his uh for the colonial masters basically and so um Unuego, she she didn't really like him very much and now she she prays to her chi that if you give me a child that i will love knife yeah that was that's a crazy crazy ultimatum but yeah i don't i don't blame her because obviously it's not aesthetically um good looking or pleasing to look to look at but yeah she she plans that if okay if he can impregnate me that okay i can give him a chance to love me so now um she gives birth to a baby boy hallelujah she gives birth to a baby boy but unfortunately the baby boy dies he dies he dies he dies now she's very shocked and angry she's shocked and angry obviously who don't be she's shocked and angry and next thing she she thinks of doing is going to a bridge and jumping over the bridge and yeah uh, luckily for her um a villager saw her and he comforted her and took her back home now was 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 something you know like the shock of oh i finally had a kid and you know he dies that sort of thing yeah like nothing in this world is going for her is going to plan like what other option than to just end it and move on but luckily for her yeah like i said the villager saw her on the bridge and took her home so um now yeah over the course of her lives she has nine surviving children nine nine n-i-n-e nine nine that's a lot nine surviving children like like when the floodgates open was it was very hard to close my guy it was very very hard like uh geez like nine that's a lot that's a lot uh united is a very strong man i must say i must say um yeah she didn't hold back she didn't hold back so now um so her husband knife is drafted into the army and now she has all the skills to raise by herself like and obviously she can she 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 barely manages to feed herself talk less of her children and knife is drafted to the army that sort of thing now she has to pick up a trade and she picks up petty trading she trades um box of matches some alcohol something like that like to just have some little profit and you know it's not easy in lagos yeah and she found it very difficult very very difficult to to feel her children her children were suffering having all sort of um you know um illnesses concerning their nutrition and everything so it was was difficult it was very very difficult um now so Unaifiri he returns in one piece from the army and obviously he gets paid and he's living like a king of the money and of the army. And yeah, he does everything, he gives his wife money, he builds her a shop, that sort of thing. So another another um another story enters the story. Knife's elder elder brother dies. 
So his brother lives behind four wives, and according to their custom, he has to inherit the wives of his brother. So now if he has five wives now altogether, Noego and the other and four other wives. So um Naifi decides that oh, okay I can't afford to bring all these wives back to Lake back to Lagos with me. He decides to just bring the youngest and the prettiest one back to Lagos and just keep the other ones back in the village but you will still send money for their hub for their upkeep. For their upkeep, yeah. So he brings the the youngest wife to the to the uh, to Lagos and yeah. And now, so Unuego and this new wife, they they have a rivalry. Like Unuego, I don't think she does well with with sharing a man. Uh, even with her first husband, like she didn't bode well with the second wife. Now she doesn't bode well with the the with this one now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So um, the wife, this new wife, um, she has children from uh from Naifi and. Apparently, Naifi becomes couldn't all his money is spent. He can't even fend for his children or his wife no more. And now the second wife, now she goes into prostitution to you know make ends meet. So um, no judgment here. Like you have to do what you have to do, but yeah, you have to do what you have to do. And Unoego now she's very um she's very devoted to her children. Her children are. At the, her whole life, she 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 has nothing but her children right now. Cause her husband is um is a deadbeat, you know, can't even fend for himself. Doctors of the other nine children. Okay, he's not nine now. It's like with the other children, the second wife has like eleven children now. So you know, it's a whole lot of children. So um. Unuego's plan right now for her to like survive and everything is for her to like get all the profit she has and send the eldest one, uh, her eldest son, to secondary school. Like for him to finish secondary school for, uh, for him to have this responsibility to take care of the family when he's done with secondary school. That sort of thing. So she has been pushing all her profit to him going to school and everything. Like okay, when he's out of secondary school, okay, he can can help with the family stuff like that like take some responsibilities off her and yeah that was the plan so uh, i older son finishes secondary school but now the son says oh i got a scholarship to study abroad and i need more support from you mother and i can't do this without you and obviously Unuego is like she's confused she needs help like she can't do this all by herself and yeah, is a child. So what can she do again? She supports her child to get the scholarship and everything. So now the second son also wants the same. After secondary school, he wants to get um, a, uh, he wants to go to a tertiary institution to study. And now the son, the second son, goes to Canada to study. Now that leaves her other children. Um, her two daughters. One marries a lawyer, the other runs away with a uh, Yoruba butcher's son. And now she's all she's all over the place, all over the place. Now um she decides that yo, I can't take Lagos no more. I have to go back to the village where everything is peaceful and slow and you know I can't have 
I can use my father's farm, that sort of thing. Like there's land I can go into farming again, that sort of thing, you know. And yeah, she goes back to the village. People in the village hail her as a as a great woman, as a great woman because her two sons are in the abroad. Uh, her daughters are married, and you know, everybody hails her. But deep inside her, she feels like, where have I gone wrong? She's a very lonely woman, I must say. She's a very lonely woman, and I don't know. It just it creates this sort of thing, like. Why did I come into the world to raise children, to suffer, and, you know, it was all mixed feelings. She dies, yes, she dies, and I don't blame her for dying. She could have, okay, not to sound insensitive, but forget what I was about to say. Yeah, she dies, she dies, and it's crazy how she dies. Now, the whole thing about her dying is everybody's, all her children are away. Her two sons are abroad, and her children are married off. Now the the thing here is now she so she she died a very poor death and a lonely death. After her death, now a burial ceremony is when her children come back home and start to spend lavish on a burial ceremony. Like that was the biggest burial ceremony the whole village has ever seen. Like they all came and that was what infuriated me. Like why why this woman all she wanted was kids. And I don't see how she could have trained them any better. But I feel she devoted all her life to kids and she didn't have time for herself, basically. And they all dwelled on raising her kids to to be themselves. But the whole children going and didn't support her till she died was what got me angry. I'm like, it could have gone better. Like, this woman would have been better off you spending all this money on her while she was alive than rather spending it on her when she's dead so it was the ending was kind of infuriating so it was the joys of motherhood that's basically what the book is about about how she raised her whole life was children 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 and raising her children and i felt like she she got the joy i must say like having children that was the joy she faced but i think it's a very ironic title because obviously at the end of the the she got the children fine but like having to raise your children for support and everything she didn't get nothing back and i felt like the title became very ironic in the end because you know it didn't turn to joy anymore it was kind of like a sadness and yeah, Bucci, Bucci really did something on this book and it just reflects on how society views women as baby makers and women are very much more than that. They can be anything they want to be and society shouldn't like push them against the wall and you know, make them something they don't want to be obviously and yeah, Bucci painted a very fine picture of you know, the choice of motherhood basically. So yeah, that's what the book is about and I hope... I don't know if you want to go read it for the full length because obviously like I said I I touched on the surface not like the, the deep the deep words and everything so yes I actually enjoyed narrating this book to you this book was like I said was one of the books that opened my mind to African literature and I hope you guys if you if you have a chance to read this book at full, at full length you should because it's actually a very good book 
um yeah so um this has come to the end of the podcast i hope you guys enjoyed listening to me still your boy d-ray and yeah still listening to grizzly d-ray hope you guys have a good time take care of yourself and each other